Sports are back, everyone. Well, sort of. We'll get to that in a second, but this is the 37th installment of the 4th and Long Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Ross Allen, joined by Jalen Johnson and UFC correspondent Blake Campbell. It feels like like uh, it's been a while since we've done this. It's been a week. We've just been busy with interviews, which you guys should all go check out over on YouTube, Spotify, and most recently, Apple freaking Podcasts. We're everywhere now. You can't escape well, us. Well, it's not... It's not as recently. It's been a minute. Well, Ross we just has advertising. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but we have, of course, NAU All Mac um, player Boomer Mays, who's on the show. Great interview right there. Great young man. He's going to be a great talent in the NFL coming up in this season once he gets signed to the one of them fifty-three man rosters. And then also we had head striking coach of Legendary. Team. Alpha male, legendary team alpha male, Joey Rodriguez. That was a banger as well. We talked about a lot of the good stuff, especially UFC judging and UFC Jacksonville, Anthony Smith, all that good stuff. Got the scoop in the future of team alpha male as well. But today we're going to talk about the return of some sports and the uncertainty of another. But most importantly, let's start this off, Jalen um, and Blake. The Last Dance. Those 10 episodes were amazing. Great TV. Probably one of the best things ESPN has done in, I don't know, a long-ass time. Because ESPN's kind of sucked. But at least the only redeeming quality by ESPN, this this series and the 30 for 30s. All good stuff. Yeah, but what I want to talk about today is how damning and how bad this um, 10 episodes, this miniseries in documentary, how badly it, it uh, affects LeBron James and his legacy as a player. Hmm. I used um, to think of LeBron James is like, you know, really close to Michael Jordan. Really close, I used yeah. to have the opinion. I used to have the, the opinion that if LeBron James did this before LeBron, if like they were switched in time, that LeBron James would be seen as a goat. I no longer think that. Not at mm. all. Michael Jordan is easily, undeniably, always will be the goat of basketball and one of the greatest athletes that this world has ever seen and will ever see. For sure. Um, my my whole thing was, I've always thought Jordan was the GOAT. Jordan's undoubtedly always been the GOAT to me. Mm-hmm. The, actually, the, the one argument I've always had of anybody being the GOAT over Jordan was Kobe because Kobe almost did exactly what Jordan did, just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just, I think the main reason people, other than LeBron is great. LeBron is great, don't get me wrong. I think the main reason a lot of people today argue that LeBron is better than Jordan is because we've watched live repeatedly week in, week out, year after year, growing up, uh, not Jordan, LeBron James on the court. A lot of us have been able to see him in person at least one game. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that we can see him and watch him on a daily and kind of be a part of his journey has made us see him there's great things that he's done made them look amazing. 100%. And Jordan, it's like, well, that happened in the past. We we I didn't see that. That was that's old. The game's changed. And so it kind of makes it look like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, everything looks harder back then. I mean, everything's going to look easier back then cuz you don't have to go through it. Right now, LeBron is right here in our face. You see him. He's still great playing. Jordan, now he's old. He holds a basketball team. He, you know, he he's not in the same shape he was when he played basketball. He looks mm-hmm. less intimidating. LeBron still looks intimidating, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like it's the – you see him side to side by side. Now you're like, of course LeBron would beat him. But I think if they had a career at the same exact time and Jordan did what he did and LeBron was doing what he did, Jordan would still be coming out on top in my opinion. Yeah, Blake, what do you think about this? I think it's super tough to compare LeBron and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Just because, I don't know, I, I hate doing that. I hate when it's just the two alphas at the top and you got to put them against each other and they didn't really they didn't really play each other, no. you know, like they were they were in different eras. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's difficult. It's really difficult because coming up when I was when I was growing up, I didn't really start, you know, religiously watching basketball probably until the probably until like 0203 Kings days. Mm-hmm. Um, days. So before yeah, they got screwed days. in the conference finals, right? But yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's so it's really hard for me to kind of go back and lean on, you know, experiences and like memories for comparing those two guys. Now, if you've been alive for 40 plus years, sure, you you have a wealth of, of knowledge and experience to lean on. But mm-hmm. um, 
the main takeaway I had from the last dance was just where Michael Jordan was willing to go mentally, Mm. what he was willing to go through and, you know, just, yeah, basically what he was willing to go through to get to where he ultimately wanted to be, which was, you know, the best ever. He was consumed by competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, that really, uh, resonated within me because I'm a super competitive person as well, whether it be just, you know, making our UFC picks or playing sorry with my parents. Um, (laughs) I always want to win. And so seeing someone that was, now I'm not saying I'm Michael Jordan level, but I'm just saying it's saying it's cool seeing someone that was just as, I don't know a better word, but demented, I guess you could say as I am when it comes to winning stuff. Like I'm literally playing Candyland as a kid thinking about like, okay, what's, what's the, what's the way I could cheat right now to try right? and win? <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm definitely not trying to catch this L. And it's all and good so, because as um, one, Jalen knows this guy, one of the greatest coaches I ever had, Coach Holdrich, he said the magical oh, words, yeah. if you ain't cheating, you, <laughs> you ain't, ain't trying. Try. <laughs> hey, but where did that come from? The Raiders. <laughs> you ain't cheating. That's a, hey, and then where who took that from the Raiders and Holdrich, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Yeah, and then they, <laughs> they, they just went that. They went overboard, <laughs> with it, you know. The Patriots just went way overboard. Yeah. They took it to the Super Bowl. You're not doing it right. You, right. you were, stop. <laughs> come on, like, jeez, <laughs> come on, Patriots. You can't do that. At least, they're, hopefully, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. But my um, my biggest thing about Jordan, my biggest takeaway of why I see him is so much better, and why now. <sighs> Yeah, nope. I'm saying Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James. And I'm putting those two above him because LeBron James, I will say that he is a he's more physically gifted, he's more physically dominant than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. But the thing that really sets Michael Jordan apart, Kobe Bryant apart, and LeBron James apart, it's what you saw time and time again in that documentary is the fact that if Michael Jordan wanted to win He's going to find a way to win. He'll literally will himself and his team to victory. And that's yeah. something that you can see that, uh, in like, uh, many examples in Kobe, some examples in LeBron, but no one has that killer instinct like Michael Jordan does. Yeah, and it comes down to, like, let's say they like, the media didn't show the off-court side of basketball players you didn't hear about them unless they're on the court i think the argument would be a lot closer between those three those three would be a lot closer if it was just on the court what they did on the court no locker room stuff mm-hmm. nothing just just stats and on the court then i think it'd be a lot a lot closer for me and then it'd be up for debate i would understand but for me with the off-court stuff it, it it's you know it, it, it's it's a totally different it's a totally different aspect when it comes down to that. It, it's the the teammates that they were, the them staying with the teams that they were on. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan, other than his two years with the Wizard, I believe it was only two years with the Wizard, was really dedicated to the Bulls, making the Bulls better. Mm-hmm. Kobe dedicated through and through to, with the Lakers all the way through. And then not even just because LeBron left, but he, he's kind of built teams mm-hmm. To, around him to help himself win. Mm-hmm. Jordan's like, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a play through the team. I Jordan was more of a team player, in in my in my opinion. Jordan was a way better team player mm-hmm. uh, than the other two. Obviously, people are going to come down to the stats. LeBron has more assists, and Kobe has more assists. But it, it's a different era of basketball. Yeah, that exactly. there wasn't all these passes. Mm-hmm. The the scoring marker wasn't as high as it is right. now back then if you saw somebody drop 130 points you'd be like what the hell happened it, it, right. and nowadays if that happens you're like yeah they were just shooting a lot of threes this week i think it's like- <laughs> just one last thing that that people should take away from this um and this whole documentary is how great of a coach phil jackson is because what other man could have could have used like kept all those per- different personalities time Jordan Pittman Rodman <laughs> who, who what other man could have kept all those guys together and make that team successful let alone just dealing with Rodman himself so yeah Rodman so. alone is a, is a task it, <laughs> it definitely is great documentary though and 
man, I would love to see some more stuff like that. Maybe talking about different teams. Uh, who, who's next? Who's next for a documentary like Kobe. that? Kobe. Kobe. You gotta go, Kobe. Nah. They they already said they had one in the works. But I, I don't want to sound like like a bad person, but it'd be hard to get all those uh kind of talking pieces that we had with Jordan. Uh, well, they they said that it was kind of the same situation with Jordan. Did you know how the whole Jordan uh, documentary thing came into play? Not exactly. Uh, well, the whole Jordan, from what I've heard, the whole Do- Jordan documentary came into play. They kind of had already done a lot of the interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Jordan kept saying, no, I don't want a documentary. No, I don't want a documentary. Mm. Uh, but they had already been storing all this information and videos and stuff like that for years since he started. And then Jordan kept saying no. And then I guess in 2015, I believe, after the Cavs won uh, the championship, uh, they asked Jordan again, like, Jordan, are you ready? Can we do it? Uh, can we do a documentary? And he mm-hmm. finally gave in and said yes. So the reason I say you can do a Kobe documentary is yes, sir. Yeah, I think there'll be less of Kobe. But mm-hmm. first of all, I think they probably got a good they probably got a, a good amount of interviews when they did his Jordan interview. Mm-hmm. I think they probably were smart enough to be like, hey. <laughs> Let's get some extra stuff. Right. That's fair. That's but cool. But then, then also, I'm pretty sure that, that they have enough with his long career mm-hmm. uh, and all those teammates that they'll have enough. It probably won't be yeah. able to be that whole, you know, well, also, it won't be as sentimental with Kobe not be able to mm-hmm. do his part. But also, I think, but they, I think, I think we, it might be for the better because if they just do like a copy of The Last Dance, it's not going to be as good. They got to do their own thing with, yeah, uh, with Kobe. And I, anyway. I don't want that. So that's fine. Yeah. But moving on from that. The, and like we said at the beginning of the show, the NFL is back, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. well, it, it's weird. So uh, a couple days ago, it was announced that minicamp for rookies would begin um, in June. But then after that, like like pretty re- close to, to after that announcement, um, NFL PA president uh, J.C. Treader, the center for the Browns, he tweeted that nothing has been agreed upon. Don't listen to anything. If anything happens, they'll say it happened from themselves. So, I don't know where this report came from. Yeah. Who the, made this up? What the guy... main thing I've heard so far is that the um, s- players going to rehab are allowed back in facilities right now. Uh, and trainers and stuff like that are allowed back in facilities, obviously, to deal with the rehabbing players. Uh, but no coaches are allowed. So, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. So, you know, At I don't least... think anything's not possible. Well, the thing is, NFL owners are saying that they fully expect people to be in the seats when the season starts. And they're not – and they're expecting, like, full stadiums, which is very promising news um, to me, to NFL fans everywhere, especially because I'm trying to go to a preseason game this year. Cross my fingers, that's still going to be able to happen. <laughs> Who knows at this point, though, because... They, they should give everybody who had bought a ticket um, to the draft who couldn't go, they should give them uh, free t- uh, two games of tickets. Oh, yeah, give it to Blake. Choice. Give Blake something. G- give Blake a game at the new Raiders uh, stadium. Dude, oh, prices cool. are s- just astronomical. <clears throat> well, because... For nosebleeds, like oh, the cheapest I could find uh-huh. was like 700-something dollars. Mm. Mm. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, so I can pay for say I'm full, not going this year. I can do a full trip in the full weekend thing with um the Broncos game for preseason at least for three hundred bucks. <laughs> it's all yeah, the PSLs think, though. It's the yeah, personal I think that's about as much as mine's cost. Yeah, that's so, brutal. Doc. That's well, brutal. there there was a uh, rumor going around that if stadiums were to be empty, no fans, that NFL teams would be selling advertisement seats. So you could uh, pay for an advertisement to be in your seat. You can uh, buy a seat based well, off of where it was, and you could put an advertisement. Well, that's just being creative. Following like, guidelines. That's just another way to make money. Like what the Dolphins do right now over at Hard Rock Stadium. They're converting it into a drive-in movie theater. Mm-hmm. Which all I'm saying is that the first movie they better be playing there is Ace Ventura. Has yeah, to. I think that's a rule. <laughs> that's a rule for sure. But I thought, that, I thought that was funny. Obviously, there'd be a guideline. It's creative, man. I respect it. Yeah, you. If there's no people in the stadiums this year, you guys might be seeing a fourth long advertisement up there in the front row or something. Hell no, we can't afford that. <laughs> Hell no. Hell but, uh, no, man. Look all. If it's in the budget of twenty four dollars, we got you. Guys. Hey, that's why you guys should go on over to our anchor page, uh, which is linked on the website. 
and um, you know, get a little monthly donor going. We appreciate that. Ninety nine cents. That's all we ask. That's anchor is funny. is life. God right bless now. anchor. Um, like honestly, not even just trying to just say it as in a. <laughs> we advertise in Mitchell too. Yeah, we we advertise at the beginning of shows. Obviously, you guys hear it on our some of our um, recordings. Oh all boy. of our recordings. Uh, but anchor has honestly helped this. Like honestly, I don't think we would have quit doing the podcast. But anchor has honestly made this a lot. So, Jay, we're not getting paid you this. We can't talk. We, we're going to need to pay us if we want to keep talking more. No, I, I'm just saying. I'm Dude, just saying. I'm saying is that speaking of someone that wants to get paid way more than he deserves, let's talk about Dak Prescott and the reports from the weekend that Trash. he turned down a five-year, $35 million a year Bro, contract. If they offered me that right now and said, hey, you got to have an all-star season. Well, it's... Uh, I, I, I like, like me right now, just how I am. I'm, I, I haven't played quarterback since I was like six <laughs> if they came up to me and said, hey, we'll give you this contract, you have to have an all-star season. I'd be the best quarterback in the world. I, I'd be throwing ever, like, I'd <laughs> well, be going it, crazy. Well, it's stupid. We have a quarterback <laughs> that is maybe worth 21. If we're being really generous, we'll give Dak Prescott $25 million a year. We know Jericho for that. But $35 million, turning that down, he wants yeah. upwards of $40 million a year. How the hell can he justify that? To himself. By the way, for some context for some of you guys, if he would have accepted the contract that they offered to him, he would have been the highest paid quarterback of all time. He turned down the payment of a highest paid quarterback of all time because he wants more money. Dak, 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 Dak. I don't even know necessarily if it's about uh, more money. I think it might be in terms of. Uh, how long the contract is too because yeah. i did hear that uh prescott wants shorter term mm -hmm. while obviously the cowboys want to lock him up for as long as possible yeah we got that so i think that's another thing that they're, yeah and i think that's another thing they're disagreeing on so that's going to be really tough for them but i totally agree with you guys i i don't think he's number one quarterback money but okay. it, that's just how the game is played yeah. you know no I, unfortunately I, and i don't even think it's dak prescott really playing the game as mu I'm sure he's saying, yeah, do whatever you got to do, but it's really his agent and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever general manager, owner, whoever's probably Jerry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's those two going back and forth, and it's going to be really tough. They both need each other. You know, mm -hmm. the Cowboys aren't going to be in a better position without Dak, even with Andy Dalton there now. Uh, let's be real. No, so, no, no, dude. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's not. Hey, let's not trash Dak too bad, bro. Like he's, he's a good quarterback. <laughs> Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I would take him over probably fifty yards. Half of the, I would take him over half the league. I would definitely take him over Drew Locke. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just I think that thirty-five is a little is. I would have taken the thirty-five. Mm -hmm. Oh, to be completely sure. honest. Everybody but would take 30. It, most players in the NFL would take 35. Yeah, he, he's got his reasons. And I can understand that. But, man, like, like yeah, I'm just, there's there's countless times where a quarterback has been paid more than they deserve. It's all about timing. Timing is what I, comes down to these big contracts. Yep. Like, most, uh, the, one of the better examples is Joe Flacco. Won the Super Bowl. Uh, then he goes, he gets his big-ass contract because of that playoff run, that Super Bowl. And then what have we seen after that? Shit. Nothing. Elite. Nothing. That's what we saw. We Sorry, saw elite. Elite. Joe Flacco is elite, and um, you can't tell me otherwise. My my whole thing about this whole Dak Prescott situation is, you have to kind of look at the situation. And yes, they say know your worth, but at the same time, you have to know you are not the top right. or top five quarterback in the league, and you have to look and see. Okay. The next couple of draft classes that are coming up are filled with some guys who could do a couple of things better than I can, mm -hmm. just raw talent-wise. Obviously, the leadership in the NFL play is gonna is gonna come down the road, but there's a lot of guys right now in the, these upcoming QB classes that look pretty pretty nice. Right, that just has I'm to take the money. Yeah, the and, money. and if I'm being a little a little picky on this prices here and then they're like okay we're just gonna franchise tag you next year again <laughs> and then we're gonna draft some guy behind you and then we're just gonna let you go and now you're gonna have to take a Le'Veon bell deal you're gonna mm -hmm. get like six million a year and now you're gonna be pissed that you didn't take 35 mil a year awesome. so 
That's just my opinion on it. He's going to end up missing out on money because of some rookie. Exactly. Dak has to take the money now, and he has to take this money. Great contract, considering he's not even the most important player on the Cowboys roster. No. If you tell me I'm getting $35 million to hand the ball off to Zeke, Bro, I'm handing that ball Bro, to Zeke. Especially behind the O-line. In the... Dak is I'm not protecting. the most important player on the Cowboys. He should take Bro. the money. The Cowboys super generous for even giving him this much, offering him this much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happening. But Bro, I, I think if it... I, all I had to do was hand it off to Zeke. Bro, every single time I'm handing it off to him, I'm whispering in his ear, thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, one guy that needs to take handoffs, though, and, another, and he's also looking for some more money, is Devonta Freeman, former Falcons running back. Uh, has threatened to sit out this season if his number is not met. Um, one offer he's already gotten, he's already um, been publicly confirmed that he got a $4 million one-year contract offer from the Seahawks, um, who are looking for some more backs. I think Rashad Penny's um, likely not going to be available week one, so they need um, they need some more depth there. And also, Devonta Freeman is a good RB1 for that Falcons team. My question, he's also drawing some interest from the Jets in the Eagles. I think it'd be great if, if they're on the Eagles. Um, but my question to you guys is, does he end up playing week one? And if he does, who is he playing for? Uh, I think this one's really tough because running backs, they're getting kind of the short end of the stick nowadays mm-hmm. in terms of just when they get when they get at the negotiation table. Unless you're girly, uh, I guess. So they, they just don't – well, yeah. Uh, they just <laughs> – they don't really seem to have the leverage that, you know, quarterbacks, you know, pass rushers, all the premier positions have. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I think running back is an insanely uh, important position. Oh. Yeah, without a doubt. But I feel like nowadays people are thinking, hey, you know, let's just give the new guy. Let's give let's give our rookie we drafted this year a chance. Let's give the guy that in free agency that we just signed. They think that um they're a little bit better you know a little bit easier to replace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Devonte, i think he he might be doing kind of a little bit of what dak is doing and overvaluing himself a little bit mm-hmm. it's easy for us to say from the sideline and i definitely don't fault the guys because i mean think about it dude like that's a tough position to be in like you're yeah. you're already like one of the best players in the world just based on percentages and then you're trying to get a raise but everyone's going to try and you know compare you to your peers mm-hmm. which is fucking tough and uh you know you're in the public eye so you're going to be scrutinized and everything's going to be in the public so then you know the negotiations could possibly get nasty here and there uh but for me if i had to put money on it i think i think if Devonte wants to play this year he'll be playing this year for someone but if he's in it because he's you know he needs money mm-hmm. then he might sit out a year who knows I, I think that he'll be playing somewhere, though, and I think that if he's smart, he would choose a contender. That Seahawks contract would be rock solid. If we talk about well, I don't know why he didn't take that, man. That would have been a great Carlos deal. Hyde. Yeah, yep. but uh, I'd rather frame in the Carlos Hyde. Yeah, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be like, oh yeah, he said yeah, no, you gotta go. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> so the thing with Freeman though is go. he's been kind of often you know oft injured, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another thing he has going against him too. It's Carlos kind of Hyde cold, right? Carlos Hyde looks like a little bit better, a little bit uh, lower risk of a signing right now. You can get him for cheaper as well. No, no, Carlos Hyde's a good um, running back. But this, this whole, I'm really curious to see how this situation progresses. Uh, I see, I see him on the Eagles. I see him on the Eagles. Um, he's the playing Jags. Week One. Jags. Ooh, I think the Jags are going to trade uh, Fournette, and then they're going to have to sign somebody. And Freeman's the best choice right there. Well, there you go, right there. That sounds good to me. Let's talk about something stupid um, that the NFL is right. thinking about. I had some words on Twitter, which you can follow at Fourth Long Radio. Um, great, great stuff right there. Great account. Good follow. Great you should go right now. Um, but the NFL is testing new face masks. You're looking to using like a form of surgical or N95 material. Are we going to see like a? We've seen like was it, um, Justin Tuck. He had that face mask where it's just bars everywhere. And, and so, like, hardly any holes in there. It looked badass, so, but I've worn a uh, helmet with a face mask like that. That shit's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude has it's a strong really neck. bad on the neck. No. Yeah, you gotta have a strong ass neck. And then, like, when you're, in your, when you're down your stance, too, you're, it's it's hard. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I'll, Definitely. It's impressive to be able to play as well as he did with a face mask like that, honestly. It looks badass, not functional. Uh, but now they're looking to probably, like, putting a webbing in the holes of the face mask. 
like a just a big ass surgical mask over your face. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Why are they even looking yeah, to this? Imagine it it's already like my example was let's go into Denver, where a mile above sea level, people um, visiting teams and even the some Broncos players almost always have trouble breathing out there. You always see guys on the sideline um, breathing in the oxygen tanks. And so now we want to cover up the face mask even more and restrict even more airflow. Yeah, that's how you get people to pass out on the gridiron in the middle of the damn game. That's what there, you get from that. At that point, they're going to be like, okay, we're allowing 73-man rosters, so if somebody passes out, you can replace them. <laughs> like this, you're talking about like Soviet army tactics where one man dies, just pop up another one, we'll be all good. <laughs> hey, hey, what did we learn from years of football? Next man up, okay? You pass out because you're two weeks next, <laughs> next man, man up. up. Shout out to Coach last year. Shout out, Coach Lassie. Next man up. This is stupid, but like, what, what's a mask going to do? What's covering the face mask going to do? Because um, it's not like if we're talking online or just even getting tough. It's not like we're already having a bunch of sweaty dudes breathing and sweating on each other anyway. Sometimes bleeding. Mm-hmm. It's a face mask is going to stop anything. Not even worth the time. And then what are you going to say? Guys can't take their helmet off on the sidelines. It's not like it's not like you can't no, spread immediately put team. a mask off. Or immediately have to put a mask on wearing on the sideline. You're gonna, you have to try to breathe through up. a mask, and you're, you're going to die. <laughs> Honestly, if they start doing stuff like this, I know it's kind of a long shot. But in my opinion, a lot of guys are going to start retiring early because they don't feel like putting up with this dumb so, shit anymore. You, at least if the NFL does this, they will stop people dying from COVID. Mm-hmm. Because instead, mm-hmm. they'll be dying from lack of oxygen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a trade-off. Then they're going to be like, yeah, no one's died from COVID anymore. And it's like, yeah, because you're killing everybody. That doesn't count. <laughs> They'll die from COVID. <laughs> it's stupid, man. And then one last stupid thing for the NFL. We're, we're on the run of stupidity right now. Because we're talking about um, just recent statements from NFL uh, um, assistant, or sorry, I'm like assistant president, Troy, or sorry, VP, Troy Vincent, says that the PI replay rule, which they did finally and like take away from the rule book, failed miserably he says that the league quote didn't do their due diligence end quote before the implementation and i just want to say no shit we all no knew shit. this rule was awful we all knew that like, i've been Terrible. saying this you if you've been listening to the show you hear me time and time again say this this rule was such a knee-jerk reaction it was stupid unnecessary pointless in the backfire and but it failed so badly because guys like Al Riveron, screw you, Al Riveron, um, guys like yeah. him and the other officials around the league, they they, they don't have the, um, the balls, for lack of a better word, to admit that they were wrong and change the call on the field after replay. That's why I failed yeah. so badly. Yeah, that's that's it. It was a kind of a it was a in my opinion. Obviously, some people didn't like it at first, but in my opinion, when they first announced the rule, I was like, "Oh, that sounds like a great idea." Yeah, being in able theory. to review a pass interference in, in theory, theory that sounds like amazing. Like mm-hmm. you should be able to review everything in the game just in case. But you know, how about some stuff how they that, end up in practice? <laughs> yeah, and then in practice, it was just terrible. It, it was like you really didn't think this through, did you? Because then even sometimes it's like you reviewed it, and it's like, oh, dang, yeah, pass interference. And they're like, no. And it's like, what do you mean? Call no. field stands. <laughs> yeah. And so then oh. it just came down to you already have a guy who he, he trusts his guys. He helps train some of those guys. He's not going to say my guy was wrong. No. That's where you went wrong. It's you because have to... NFL is their officials are yeah. cowards. And, like, I know it's kind of – difficult but in that situation you almost have to have like a third party mm-hmm. doing the review at that point right because you can't have somebody involved with the guys on the field because then he's just gonna be like well mm-hmm. they said this it's a close call no <laughs> the, the, you, you have to kind of have someone who's not emotionally invested in those those guys down mm-hmm. on the field uh meaning the refs not the players obviously yeah but it it, it it just wasn't it wasn't smart to leave it up to somebody who's been out there already and has a bias. Yep. Uh, quotation marks bias, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Anything from you, Blake, <laughs> about this? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much just echo your, echo all your guys' sentiments. I mm-hmm. thought it was um, a little hasty putting that rule into play, especially if they if they weren't 
ready to, like you guys said, just separate ego and pride from Mm -hmm. the decision-making process. Uh, You know, we've had this conversation multiple times. It never should have been about, did I make the right or the wrong call? It's, or excuse me, that's, that's all it should be about. Mm -hmm. It never should be about like, was I right or was I wrong? It should be, did I make the right or did I make the wrong call? And I think a lot of guys, well, I mean, I can't speak specifically, obviously, without them saying it themselves. But from what it seemed like is just a lot of guys didn't want to uh, overturn what they had thought was maybe the correct call in their mind. Um, it's, I mean, that's all purely speculation. So, of course, but take it also, with a grain it's of salt. pretty likely, though. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty likely. No that's exactly what it was. It's just, it's just a tough freaking rule if you're not going to really be completely unbiased and a hundred percent, you know, forthcoming, like, like how we had the XFL, you know, when they would go into the booth with the refs while they're making the decisions, they're all mic'd up. You can hear their decision-making process going down. I love that. The difference between the XFL and the NFL. Transparency. Transparency. I got another word for you guys. Accountability. Mm. Uh That's the difference. but with that, I, I think it would have been really, really funny. In the XFL, they went up to the booth and like, wait, who's who's refing down there? Like, oh, it's Phil. And it's like, man, fuck Phil, overturn that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we probably would have seen in the original XFL. But yeah. if we're on the topic of the XFL, the XFL is back. It's coming back 2021. Sort of. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe you guys are catching the theme with this episode so far. But after filing for bankruptcy, the league and its assets have been put for auction. Originally, last week, we had reports that Vince McMahon was going to pull some weird backdoor loophole trick and buy the XFL back. But yep. now that's not going to be the case. He has ruled himself out, but there are about 12 people, individuals, companies that are potentially going to be purchasing the XFL. And as of right now, confidence is high that the xfl is returning in 2021 and as a houston roughnecks fan which are the uncrowned inaugural xfl champions we have a la wildcats fan and then we got the very respectable st louis battlehawks fan over there in blake um i know we're all really crossing our fingers that this league comes back because we had a lot of fun talking about a lot of fun watching it and it was a great league yeah, definitely. And with no football going on, that was kind of really fun to have to to watch. You know, it kind of kept my football uh, habit in check. You know, right. I didn't have anything else. I'm so getting I so itchy right now. Yeah. I'm like Dave Chappelle, you got any more of that football? <laughs> you got any more football? <laughs> uh, let's hope that happens because we all know that we need the XL back in our lives. It's amazing. Well, yeah. we might be getting something else back in our lives really soon. So what is that, Ross? The I'm NHL excited. is back. Yes. Sort of. Kind of. Sort <laughs> Again, of. I don't they have released plans of how to continue the season once they return to play. This is going to be a – the regular season is canned. It's over. It's done. But now we're going to have – instead of a 16-team playoff, we're going to have a 24-team playoff format. And I'm pretty excited for this. But this is all still – this is a plans of when to go ahead. They are not back yet. They are yeah, aiming for June. They're aiming for it's June. It's a plan of when they are told they can come back. Yeah, we this don't. This is their plan. We, we don't, don't know, know when they're coming back, <laughs> but we know what they're going to do when they do come back eventually. <laughs> but this yeah. is going to go into a. Um, this is what um, a commissioner of the league announced a couple days ago now, which was. Eh, I was expecting this news because it was kind of you know, speculated, and I was expecting news that the Sharks were unfortunately not going to be in the playoffs because they sucked this year, and so I wasn't really disappointed when I got the news of that. But the way that this playoff format is going to work, quit your smiling, Jalen, uh, is that over um, in the top four seeds are going to be determined by points percentage because not all of them play have the same amount of games. So we can't determine it by points, but more points percentage. So in the East right now, the top four is the Bruins, the Lightning, the Capitals, and the Flyers. In the West, we have the Blues, Avalanche, Golden Knights, and the Stars. Those eight teams will face off in a round robin in order to determine seeding for their first round. So that's going to be a little exciting. See some heavyweight battles for the top seeds. Then besides that, um, then we're going to have play-in rounds 
in each of the conferences. So uh, right now, the matchups in the East, we got the Penguins and the Canadians. Hurricanes, Rangers, Islanders, Panthers, Maple Leafs, and Blue Jackets. And over there in the West, we got the Oilers, Blackhawks, Predators, Coyotes, the Canucks in the Wild, and the Flames and the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. We have not, the league has a set and not decided yet there's going to be a bracket format to determine my seating or what have you. We know that the first round will be a best of five, where it's typically a best of seven. And the second round, it will be the best of seven format like we typically get. And the conference uh, finals and the Stanley Cup finals will also be traditional best of seven. Or as NHL players are now deeming it, is the COVID Cup, which I think is pretty catchy. What do you guys think yeah. about this? Um, it's probably the right way to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. You know, I, I, I'm happy that they've kind of given teams closure, even with, with announcing that they're not going back in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They've kind of given the teams that know they haven't made it the closure to, okay, now we have to think about, okay, what contracts All right, now do let's we need move to start into thinking about? Yeah, let's, let's move into offseason. Let's, let's figure this out um, and get this started because mm-hmm. a lot of teams – they haven't been able to really make a move because you don't know. Okay, do I do I want to keep preparing to? Okay, point. maybe we can make a comeback. Yeah, I like and those do teams something. like the Sharks. And... It's good that they know that season's over. Yeah. Let's move on and start pre- prepping now and get and that, early and get a head start on next season. Also, it's kind of good for the teams who are not. I mean, obviously, trying to look at the bright side of things. Obviously, you want to make playoffs. You want to have a shot at mm-hmm. the championship. But a bright side for the teams that didn't make it is. They get to watch these guys who are on their last year of a contract who they might be going after, and they get to watch them play. Why they don't have to worry about their team playing? Mm-hmm. I can watch this guy play pretty much if I was recruiting him uh, <laughs> like yeah. for a draft or something. I can watch him without having to just watch film. I can right? watch him. <laughs> and, okay, do I think that guy would fit with some of the players on our team? And, and so it's kind of an upside for them. They can kind of get to watch their maybe future players on their team play and see their, their strengths and weaknesses. That's a good point. Game plan a little bit. So that's a that's a that's bright side for them. Back because the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs in all of professional sports. The Stanley Cup trophy is the most prestigious and hard to, um, hardest trophy to earn in all the sports. I really want this back. Uh, the one yeah. thing that I'm bummed out about is that hopefully he'll be back next season because I want his career to end on a season like this. But Joe Thornton Long-time player. He's in top 100.5 NHL player of all time. If you, you if you know, you know. Hall of Famer. He's top mm-hmm. 10 in points, like top 10 in assists. Great guy. Even Jalen could admit that as a Golden Knights yeah. fan. It's hard not yeah. to like the guy. It's uh, hard not great to beard like as well. Amazing beard. Yeah, when there was talk about him maybe getting released and that there was a chance the Golden Knights might sign him just because they wanted to give him a chance at a, a title, a I was like... I don't. I don't mind. Yeah, I, no, I, was, I don't. Like, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind. I don't think I anybody want, would mind having him. There. I want him to get a cup. He deserves it. But yeah, the thing is, he, he can still play. So I hope we haven't seen the last of him because he did really get a proper send off, one that yeah, I, a player of his caliber caliber deserves. So I think I'm he hoping. definitely should uh, do a kind of pull like a Kobe uh, situation, announce. Okay, this is my last year, and have like that full year. But what's crazy is that this dude's forty one, and he's still. He had a good season this year. Yeah, he had a pretty good season. <laughs> <laughs> that dude doesn't. It's it's phenomenal. There's a lot of bright sides to this. Um, a lot, there's some negatives to the season being over, but we can at least agree that we want hockey back, and this is probably the best format to do it. If we can't finish up the regular season, you're giving eight um, extra teams, um, four teams in each conference, that those fringe playoff teams a chance to earn their way into the playoffs, and so that's fair. That's pretty fair. And it's a good point. And whoever whoever wins this one is is really gonna be like this is this is tough. This is gonna be a lot tougher than the normal playoff format. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a it's a couple of teams you have to go through a couple of rounds. You know, now that there's a whole well, extra. See, the round. crazy thing about this oh, is it, it could also be tainted because it, like especially in the best of five, if you get a hot mm-hmm. goalie, that twelfth seed could yeah. really pull some upsets. So you'll know, that, that's all I know true. is that these are going to be the most unique Stanley Cup playoffs ever, and I can't wait. Hopefully, June. Can't wait. But, you guys, another league is back. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> the kind NBA of, sort of. has kind of maybe released plans of how they're going to do stuff, sort of, when the league eventually gets back, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't <laughs> There's a lot more maybes in the NBA than any – the NBA and the MLB are – it could be neck and neck right now for the least prepared for <laughs> to, to restart the season right now. Um, Jalen, what we got in the NBA, though? So NBA right now, they, they're thinking of kind of like what the rest of the leagues are thinking other than the ones that were already started that had to stop mm-hmm. are thinking. They're thinking about just going straight into playoffs. Uh, but they have a slightly bigger problem than the other leagues. Obviously, basketball is kind of a more – you don't really have much equipment. You're kind of more exposed to COVID. And then also, in the west side at least, the east side was kind of a little bit more for sure of who was going to make playoffs. But in the west side – you had the eight seed, side? but but the eight seed was kind of. <laughs> I was just gonna keep going. I wasn't gonna address what you said. <laughs> but the eight seed is really close to four other teams. You, you you have you have the Trailblazers who aren't that far back, the Spurs who aren't that far back, the Pelicans who aren't that far back, and the Kings who are all, well, other than the Spurs, Spurs, I believe, are four games back, but those other three teams I mentioned are all three and a half games back, and we had about 16 games left in the season. So you can't really count any of those teams out. So they can't really just start playoffs normally and say, well, you guys weren't eighth. They could have been if you let Mm -hmm. season finish. So what's going on right now is they're thinking about doing a kind of play-in concept. Obviously, that concept hasn't been for sure filled out of how they would play for that. And how that would work with there still being the Grizzlies in the eighth seed. So obviously they're still trying to get that figured out. But just a little hope for you know those borderline teams who still thought they could have made the the, the league. Mm-hmm. And I heard a, a rumor that it kind of came down to uh, Zion. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know if that was just a rumor or not. I wouldn't Zion, be surprised. It, you can't not have them in the plus yeah, close because that's, that's money. That's a big draw. That's, that's money that's right draw. there for the NBA. But it was a rumor. Don't don't quote me on it. But it was a rumor that Zion Williamson and the Pelicans being three and a half games out with that many games left See, in the season. We, we touched on at the beginning of the show about you know the rigging in that Western Conference Finals with the Kings and Lakers. Oh yeah, the NBA is um trying to do it again. Definitely rigged some things before. And yeah. it's time for these four teams. They're going to rig it for the Pelicans to make it into the A seed. I feel bad for Memphis. I feel bad for the Trailblazers, Spurs, and Kings because there's no way that the NBA doesn't let Zahn into the playoffs. Yeah, it's but the main thing. Money. Yeah, the main thing was that, well, allegedly that Zion being Zion and Pelicans being so close to playoff, they didn't want to just say, "Well, we have our eight and eight, let's go into yeah. playoffs." They, they didn't want to leave that big money chance of Zion playing in the playoffs and making a run at the uh, making a run at the championship mm-hmm. uh, go to waste. So that they, they, they had to give all four teams a chance. So obviously you're not just going to pick one of the teams and be like you, mm-hmm. right? See, <laughs> Random selection. <laughs> pick a name from the hat. Blake, what do you think about this? So with the Kings having a chance and making the playoffs for the first time in what feels like forever. I mean, I think I, I'd love it. I'd love to see them. I was seeing a couple of rumors floating online of a 20-team playoff mm. uh, bracket, and that mm-hmm. wouldn't be too bad. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd love to see the Kings in there. It's of course. It's too bad that we didn't get to finish off the season because they were coming on strong right at the at the freaking best point. Well, at the worst point now. <laughs> and... Right, but that's when teams that get teams that get hot when the Kings got hot always make the playoffs. Right? Always. Every single time. And so that's why I was just disgusted this year because, one, I really wanted to see uh, how big Harrison Barnes' beard was going to get before he shaved it. <laughs> and then, two, uh, I just thought that this was the year, man. I thought, like, we finally had the pieces coming back. Marvin was still resting. I mean, we just had everything kind of going in our favor, like we were hitting our groove. So I know any of those teams that we'd potentially be, if, if it's like a play to get in type scenario, mm-hmm. or even if we do just get in uh, and have a really low rank, uh, really low seed, I don't think any team's gonna want to play us. No, it, it's like if you get hot, you don't want you don't want to play that hot hand. And also, the game it ended on was we were supposed to play the Pelicans, which if we would have won that game, would have put us in for sure the ninth seed oh. to be right behind Grizzlies. That that was kind of hurtful. <laughs> we were, we were right there at a chance to, to just uh, take it. They, they should do that same playoffs, and they should do something similar to the angel how they have that play in. So they're they're including the the fringe teams. 
the NHL actually has a really good format for that. I think that and the NBA, it wouldn't be a bad thing for them to copy it. Um, at least make it similar. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Kings fans. I feel bad for fans of Spurs, Blazers, and Memphis because, like I said, the 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 eighth seed is going to be the Pelicans in the West, guaranteeing that right now, no matter what happens. Yeah. Then to finish this thing up, guys, the MLB Trash. is not even close to being back. In not fact, even. <laughs> the season is in jeopardy, according to Mets right-handed pitcher Marcus Stroman, after he President tweeted out that the season is, quote, not looking promising. Oh, boy. Uh, most of this comes from uh, a lot of disputes between the players' union and the league. This is causing most of the disruption, and this is causing most of the setbacks because they can't agree on it. One biggest thing that they can't agree on is pay. The one, the the most likely thing is that lower um, percentage, like salary guys, are going to be making the same amount of money. But if they return to play, the guys that are making more money, way more money, like your 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 Bryce Harpers, you know, your Manny Machado, uh, Manny Machado's players like that, your Christian Yelich's, and Mike Trout's, they're going to be making significantly less money this year due to the lack of a full season and obviously they're not happy with that yeah so it's you concerning have to it's concerning but, yeah i understand like obviously you don't want to give this guy 30 million to, to play without fans and not a full season and can't then, afford that like the a's yeah, you can't are, can't, aren't even paying their 1.2 million dollars of rent and the a's aren't even going to be paying their minor leaguers after this month they're their 400 a week stipend of course, we know that the A's are a poverty franchise and that their owner is a very well-known cheap-ass. And I say that as an A's fan as well. I have no problem meaning that that's what they are. <laughs> it's just a fact. Cheap-asses. Pretty much, man. They live in a trash stadium. At least the Raiders are getting out of there. Uh, the Giants still suck, though, Jalen, so it doesn't matter. Giants still suck, so it doesn't matter. Uh, the A's still have a uh, third baseman that has back-to-back platinum gloves. That's all that matters. But the funny thing is, if we're talking about pay, though, the highest paid player this season, once if it does come back, is going to be retired Prince Fielder. After the adjusted salaries for the short season, he will be the highest player this year. He hasn't played since 2016 when he retired, but he's slated to earn twenty four the last $24 million of his contract in 2020. <laughs> Wow. I love that. <laughs> that that that's the contract Dak's looking for. Dak right? Prescott is definitely looking for getting paid for not playing. But you guys, how nice would it be to be retired but still breaking twenty four million? Twenty four M's. Twenty four M's. That guy, yeah, he did a good job. Him and his agent did a good job. I want his agent. <laughs> hey, let's I get his, his agent. agent for the show, man. <laughs> He'll find the way to make us money. What happened? I can get you fifty dollars an hour. <laughs> bro give me that please that's crazy though <laughs> um obviously play, people are gonna be happy about that but shout out to prince fielder for uh playing the system and playing it well so that that's damn prince fielder hell yeah dog get I'm your dehydrated. money man get that money and the guy <laughs> that still wants to get his money the 46 year old pitcher bartolo clone he still wants the to play goat uh i'll the boat we'll call him the boat the best of all time best of all time that's a blake bortles stat that's like eli manning eli manning is not the goat but he is the boat he is the goat he, to beating so this bartolo he still prefers mets but he's willing to play anywhere we've seen recently on twitter like a number of weeks ago with him throwing some heat down in his home i think i forget if it's in uh dominican republic or cuba but somewhere in the latin america he's throwing some heat and, you should have just not said anything. <laughs> whatever. I'll just say Latin America. Who cares? Uh, are we going to see him in the league this year? If baseball is going to happen this year, are we going to see Bartolo Colon pitching for a major league team? Yes. I feel who? like, especially with this, I don't, I, I can't say exactly who, but I think with this pandemic the Giants, going, he's the, the one to replace Mad Bum. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not with the Giants, um, but I think just with how this is going, and you know, a lot of players not going to be prepared for season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need pitching depth, and so I think someone's just going to sign him as a just in case. 
So I think he's going to get a contract. That's fair. Blake, are we going to see Bartolo Colon on a MLB roster this season? Um, Why not? <laughs> That's why I, I like. Don't, I don't see why not. Dude, someone could get him for cheap. He still might be able to, you know, like, obviously. Yeah, he's he's still got some oomph. He got some oomph. He get a little relief pitcher. He get two innings, three innings maybe out of him. Yeah. Have a good time. Have a nice team mascot, you know. Maybe a guy that can rip a dinger once every twenty years. I mean, and then if he if he shows that he can actually still play, maybe he could just be a closer. He could be a one inning closer or something like that. I don't. If you're a bad team, you can still use him. Yeah. I, I really believe so. Well, you know, let's say he's going to be on the Mets again this year, just for his last oh. like, like little coup de gras with the Mets. They're going to do something like that just to see something nice. Yeah. Most what likely. else? What else do the Mets have going for him anyway? So. Um. Good question. I don't think anything. <laughs> so like, you know, like that's probably going to be. Oh, oh, they match. have one major thing going for them, and that is minor leaguer Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is going to be playing in the MLB this season, guaranteed. Yeah, probably. By the power of praise. God. <laughs> I mean, Syndergaard. I think I'm saying that name right. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard. He's not, not too bad. No, no, he's not half bad, but I think Bartolo Colon's better. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and on that crazy take, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. Once again, make I got, sure. I got, I got my uh, weekly oh, got uh, quote. quote. It's yeah, been a while. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. It, it's not a, it's not a, you know, motiv- well, it's a motivational quote, but, it, you know, it's a little different. This, okay. this one was from okay. the, the J-Man himself. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is my quote. Okay. Drink water. Stay hydrated. And stay the fuck inside. Keep your mask on. <laughs> if you cough in my direction, I'm messing you up, son. Like, that's it. I'm tired of this corona stuff. I- I'm tired of it. And if y'all keep this stuff going, I'm going to smack your mother. That's just straight. Wow. Like, straight from the heart. Well, know? Jalen's uh, comments do not condone the yes, beliefs of fourth and long and the fourth and long I brand and long. no don't we listen don't to it. i am fourth and long i say i what i say goes because i own the website and the website is what makes everything official everyone knows that but also no, speaking of website go check out www.thefourthandlong.com has everything you need there check out um twitter instagram all that fun stuff is linked spotify apple podcast anywhere you can find the podcast we're there we're there we're on there like swimwear and check out the interviews, Boomer Mays, Joey Rodriguez, great stuff, great people, great interviews. You're going to want to check that out. But we will see you guys when I guest star in Jalen guest star on a very special crossover episode in edition of the 4th and Long podcast. Right. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs>